And one of the things that I thought that we probably should do is have some kind of like intro. You know yeah. how Jade Throne's got like, hi, welcome to the Jade Throne podcast. Your Legend yeah, of the Five Things LCG podcast. Podcast, yeah, see, exactly. <laughs> yep. Yep. I know that like Perfect. off the top of my head. <laughs> you need like some marketing or something. I'm pretty sure yeah. I hear Shay in my dreams sometimes. <laughs> he flies yep. in through the window. <laughs> Yeah, you know mm. he's married, dude, right? So and so I. are you, aren't so You're married I. as well. I am super married. Yeah. yeah. This is uh, not destined so to good. be, I'm afraid. It'll be a, be a tragedy. It's fine. <laughs> all right well so how you been uh yeah i've been good been good i've been working a lot but um i've managed to squeeze in quite a few games on discord bits and pieces um because i've got a lot of competitions i've had a bit of a lull had like two or three weeks with no competitive events other than discord league um so that's been a nice breather to try some other stuff i've done a crane version of my cheap and nasty deck which is super fun it's like 23 zero cost attachments one of which is that dragon fire card the gives all your cards ancestral oh you mean it's like the it's a crane clan deck with yeah. dragon splash but it's like cheap and nasty same idea yeah absolutely so yeah. but um it's mostly a bit of fun but it, i run compass because it's the greatest card ever but um mm -hmm. the short of it was you load up your guys with all these zero cost attachments right and you just bid high so you guys get huge and they do amazing things because they're massive and they're already crane personalities so they're good and then adopted kin is the card so by the time oh yeah. yeah so yeah, yeah. by the time my people leave play all of these zero cost attachments come back to my hand and i just do them all again um, yeah so it's it works super good but all the people as well the other gimmick there's there's three gimmicks there's that and then the dynasty side, the gimmick is everybody is three cost and above, or almost exactly three or four cost. So I only play one person a turn with three or four fate on them. It's just a constant loading. And then my provinces mm -hmm. are feast or famine, shameful display, upholding authority, magistrate station. So my entire row is disgusting, and nothing is good to run into. <laughs> so feast there, or famine, God love it. Yep, there's no fun there to be had by anybody. So. <laughs> So yeah, that, anyway, so that was that's been super fun, um, toying with that a bit. But um, yeah, how about how about you? What have you been up to? Uh, I've been trying to prep for events, and um, I've been testing out some some cards in the Phoenix standard Phoenix. You know, the um, I want to call it mains with toys, but it's not. It's <laughs> what it, what do we call it? Phoenix good stuff. Ah, uh, the good stuff. Yep. Um, so the things I was testing was like walking the way just in that deck to try and make the dynasty side a bit more consistent. And um, I've been testing out Compass as well. Mm. And I've been testing out Ancestral Shrine. And I'm still kind of on the fence about Ancestral Shrine. Uh, I feel like I feel like it's good, but my deck has got something horrible like 10, maybe 12 
holdings in it, plus three mm, Mere Mystics, so it's a bit tough. Um, and I've decided that Walking the Way is not actually going to make the final cut. I think I'll try and just keep it uh, going with uh, Compass. Yeah. And the thing about Compass, of course, is that I actually do miss the plus, the extra plus one over... Yeah? Um, yeah. Uh, okay. And the other thing is... Do you know? Do you know what? I feel like I've actually gotten worse at the game. I think, I think coming over here to Hong Kong, um, I've gotten a bit lazy. You know, the the players that I play against aren't necessarily quite the same caliber as what I used to. The people I used to play against. Not like high competitive so, players. Yeah. Yeah, and so I feel like um, actually. There are, there are definitely some good players here, right? Uh, so there's, um, there's there are games to be had. But I feel like just my overall uh, game knowledge of the game and the meta and things like that is probably going a bit backwards. Yeah. And I think I'll tell you I'll tell you what I'm trying to bring in some players like from my work, you know, or pe- people ask me what my hobbies are and then they're sort of interested. So I'm like, yep. well, come over, I'll show you. We'll demo the game and you can see what it's like. So <laughs> absolute cult leader. You're just trying to rope people. I need in. it. I need it. I need it, man. Uh, so I I demoed the game to one of the guys at work, and he's been over to my place a couple of times. I think we've played four games in total. He's never played the game before. He's never played card games before. I give him a bloody crab deck, and he beats me three out of four times. That's hilarious. Yeah, yeah, hilarious. That's that was my first thought as well. Was it? <laughs> Well, were you, was it a pretty straightforward crab deck and were you going easy though? Or Oh yeah, no, you, no, no, no. Definitely, definitely a straightforward a crab deck. Oh, Merlin, what's going on? I think though, well, what's happened? Were you playing Phoenix? Yeah, yeah. So this is, you know, I was just playing my test deck, my Kote test deck. So <laughs> doesn't bode well for your Kote deck. No, I'll tell you that no, much. it doesn't, it doesn't at all. <laughs> There's a whole bunch of other Phoenix players just that they had a moto dream substantially increase yeah. in likelihood. Yeah. Um, and we'll but, we'll talk about it in a minute, but I had a look at the results from Atlanta, and Phoenix should be fucking crushing Crab according to that. Do you, you think know? the maybe the, the the restricted list changes and the errata to Tadaka and stuff has just flipped your Phoenix around a bit? Yeah, I think I probably don't have as much knowledge of my deck as I thought I did, mm. um, or I've forgotten, or something. I think it's definitely about my play rather than my opponent's play because of course being a new player i want to i want to make sure he has as much opportunities to see what the game does and uh, and the cards do and things like that so i'm reminding you of things like watch commander triggers and spyglass triggers and things like yeah. that mm-hmm. um and i think there's also an element of he's probably got pretty good instincts for the game you know yeah. he's uh he's good at the economic side of things right his buying patterns are pretty good he he makes uh poor you know less than optimal decisions around when to attack and when to defend and how many to defend with and things like that yeah. but you know <laughs> he's still he's still beating me you know like straight up <laughs> well, i think a lot of that comes from um just play experience like learning to see when your opponent is leaving themselves open on purpose because they almost mm. definitely have a drop bear in hand. Mm. And like, and what you learn eventually is that almost everybody runs drops of some kind, right? Like everyone's yeah. got a conflict character. And you know what it is as well, uh, is that uh, you... Uh, often games are won or lost on the back of mistakes. So whoever makes the least number of mistakes 
or the least, least costly mistakes overall in the game will be the winner of the game. Yeah. So some of the games I'm playing against him, right? I'm attacking, attacking into him and he plays like a way of the crab. And I'm like, okay, I just a hundred percent forgot where the crab was a card. Yeah. That's the most costly mistake this game. And I lose this game. And then the next game, <laughs> the next game he attacks uh, my stronghold with a uh, Vanguard warrior. Um, and I've got a, uh, what's his name? The one that, kills people when you claim the ring of void Eugenia. Oh, yeah. i've got that on the table so he attacks he pops the vanguard warrior i defend you know the the ring he pops a vanguard warrior puts a fate on the only other character in play that he has without a fate so, so now Eugenia is going to gobble up one of my guys so <laughs> there goes that oh that's savage i've seen Eugenia. Yeah. um he goes a bit crazy sometimes. As soon as he's off the chain, mm. he um he can really punish. He honestly is way better than I thought he was going to be. Like I thought it'd be a little mm-hmm. easier to stitch your opponent up to sort of hurt themselves, um, but it's not. Like they, like the fact that they just get to pick someone that's got no fate and yeah can just fate their own guys. You know, it really makes a very big difference. Yeah, and a lot of players are are countering Eugenia with things like Finger of Jade. And I thought about putting Finger of Jade in the Crab deck, but then I realized last night, actually, it doesn't need it because it's just got a 1,001 saves anyway. So yep. well, forget it. You just does, use does one it, of your saves. Doesn't Eugenia go around saves in Crab? No, they, no, I don't think so. Because it says discarded from play, and is the ruling not that Eugenia removes from play, not is not discarded? Uh, I think, I don't think that it's any different, um, okay. off the top of my head. Yeah. I'm pretty sure that's the case. I've never, I don't really play crab or Phoenix that much. So I've not really, mm. re- I've really been in that position to, to have to see, <laughs> but, um, I think, yeah, I think one of the, like the thing that I've learned is that I need to be faster against, uh, crab, crab will absolutely win the long game right yeah. so when when the game gets to that point and i've i'm starting to run out of steam then you know that's when crab shines do you find see i find that difficult to do like i feel like if you're going to be fast you have to have built your deck to be fast it's really mm. hard in this game to i find it really hard anyway to adjust my tempo like my, i've got my deck's game plan tempo and i almost always collapse in a heap if i deviate from that like, I can't have my cheap and nasty sort of start to bank fate, for example, and put heaps onto people later on. I have to put bunches of guys out early and just go for it. Otherwise, it doesn't work. And the reverse is also true. If I play decks where I need to sort of bank on big people, if I suddenly realize I'm playing against, like, Crab, and I have to just drop a couple of guys early and hit as much as I can, it just doesn't come off. It doesn't work out. I end up with empty boards and uh, nothing in my hand and low honor and mm. just in this horrible backseat sort of situation. Mm. I'm not sure that I, I have anything insightful to say there because I think if anything, my recent experience has taught me is that I need to learn more about how to play a mid-range deck, right? And so a mid-range deck, of course, is one that you're looking to... <laughs> is one that you're looking to 
continually you know establish your board right so as old cards go away and new cards come on you kind of maintain this this board presence so it's about attacking your opponent's board position and maintaining your own board position yeah and i think there's more that i can learn there i'm not in, i don't i don't know that i can put it into words but there's a like you say a tempo that i need to discover again i guess yeah i mean i think it's a lot of reps like i've only in the last six months since the my my only reasonable competitive deck is my cheaper nasty unit. Certainly not on meta for the most point, most part, um, and it's not even that great. But it does fine for me. And I think the only reason is because it's the only deck I've consistently put a lot of reps in with, like a lot. Yeah, like that's I, that's I, it. I've just played it heaps, and I know what it does, and I know what it can do. I sort of got a feel for the odds of certain cards coming up now. Um, I know when to just dump stuff from my dynasty lineup and when to keep things. I know what I'm mulliganing for, um, and I know mm. my I know against different matchups what I've got going for me and what to hold my cards for. And I think that's probably the big difference is you just need, boring as it sounds, just those reps make a very big difference, right? And I think that's maybe by the sounds of it, maybe that's where you're at. You just gotta. Get those yeah, I think in. it's familiar. Yeah, familiarity with my own deck and strategy. Yeah, is probably the first step for me. Uh, it was a bit of an it was a bit of an eye opener. Um, yeah, yeah. Well, I, I thought I hadn't lost much in the move and the transition, but clearly I have. Well, different country. You're all out of sorts. At least you <laughs> you're in a, a decent time zone now. None of this, none of this Melbourne nonsense. You know, straight north. The, the good stuff. You know, most most of my work colleagues are over on the east coast of Australia. So um, <laughs> when I get when I get into work, it's like the end of their day. Um, so there's a limited amount of time that you can get stuff done with, with them. And then of course, by the time I get home, everybody's asleep. It's yeah. Anyway. So, So, uh, from our last podcast, I think we were talking a bit about the, uh, the Scorpion Dishonor deck. Uh, so when we Mm. put the podcast episode out there, I tagged Steve Palumbo and guess who responded to the tags with a little bit of responded and told us we had everything exactly correct and there was no flaws in our reasoning whatsoever well um i don't know i don't know if i would put it quite like that okay he definitely did quite a detailed analysis or a detailed breakdown of the cards that he decided to put in his deck and why so i thought maybe we could have a bit of a look at those and uh see what steve says what do you reckon yeah okay so I don't know if you've actually got the deck list up, um, but was there anything that you can recall that sort of sprung to mind that you thought was odd? Like I thought all or nothing was a bit odd. Um, it was. De- it definitely seemed a little out of place, but I mean, I, that said, I really like that card because you don't see it and it's a good card. It just never fitted in, right? But um, yeah. So he says, uh, I used this card before and I cut it because I needed the keywords from Seeker of Knowledge more. Now that Cloud isn't, uh, isn't sorry, now that Cloud doesn't fit and I can't run FE, what's FE? Forged Edict. Uh, I was reminded by friends that this card was like, uh, reminded of this card and I was like, oh yeah, that's right. So resolving the Ring of Earth uh, the first turn and then being a cantrip is a dream. Having full arts is a plus two. Uh, so... <laughs> I think one of the things you reminded me of last time was that it like refills itself. So it's like yeah. two cards for you, one you now like discard one for your opponent. That's a really heavy swing, actually. There's nothing in the game that does quite that well. 
Well, I used to do that with the crane and lion champions, right? Like they would attack and you attack on earth. It's like draw two, discard two. That was huge. Yeah. Uh, or or suck off two fate off a character with the ring of void. <laughs> it's an so. interesting choice of language there. <laughs> <laughs> Where's your mind at? I didn't even I didn't even think of it, obviously, because I said it. But, you know. It's in the, in the gutter where our scorpions <laughs> live, mate. Um, but yeah no okay so was there any any other commentary so so but we were pretty you were pretty well right about the about that card though that it was a a really good card draw option Mm. yep yep sounds sounds about right uh he says contingency plan also he wants to bump that up to a two of Mm. because uh it works so well with jewels so there was the dueling dynasty character the scorpion dueling dynasty character yep Something duelist, sneaky uh, duelist. There two, there's a loyal challenger, which is the one three courtier duelist who blanks mm. people. Super good. I think uh, that's the one. That's the the little one, and then there's the uh, another one. There's like a, a bushy a bushy version who has like inverse, oh, yeah. inverse composure plus two or something. No one plays that one because it's a two one with two the glory. insolent insolent rival. That's the one. That's the other one with a built in yeah. duel. So that's got a dishonor duel built in. So yeah, but um. But yeah, they're both fine. But yeah, the the loyal challenger, the it's, I mean, a, a personality with blank an opponent's text box for a duel is really good, and it's got that thing that generates you honor. It's just a passive trait that's generated me a lot of honor in past games. So yeah, super good card. Mm. And remember, I said that I thought the uh, the dragon matchup versus scorpion uh, favored the dragon sorry favored the scorpion and i was really interested in what the other guy's deck was that beat this deck yeah um so his comment was i don't think he uh, gave us a deck but he said there's uh, probably a few things that hurt the scorpion dishonor deck which is uh things that look at and discard cards from your hands like uh the investigator the alchemist obviously to take off <laughs> to take off the uh, dishonor tokens and the tranquil philosopher he says what's that one do tranquil, tranquil. philosopher oh that's the one it um moves uh, it's a new one it's a two two monk for three it's a three coster so out of the assassination range and it generates an honor every turn um oh okay if that's right, okay. if i'm thinking of the right one i'm gonna have to look it up because all uh, right well while you look it up um yeah i think that was there's uh if you if anybody's interested in uh reading palumbo's sort of full responses to the card choices uh it's on the oz uh, sorry on the global l5r lcg facebook group in the response to last week's episode so feel free cheers love getting comments makes me feel all special (laughs) tranquil (laughs) philosopher yeah tranquil philosopher is it's a two 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 glory and you move a fate each so as an action you move a fate from an unclaimed ring um you move it from an unclaimed ring to another unclaimed ring and then you just gain one honor so you shuffle some fate around on rings and gain honor every turn which cool. is pretty good yeah i bet it would slow things down for sure all right uh so that's all the follow-up i had um you didn't want to talk about anything in particular from last cast no no i'm I just like to ramble about cards and and talk at the talk at the nerd space. 
No worries. Okay, so in that case, uh, let's catch up on the meta. So we were talking last week about the fact that uh, Birmingham was coming up, but for some reason, I didn't really, in my mind, it didn't really occur to me that Crane Pack wasn't legal for Birmingham. So I was really looking forward to getting an understanding of the meta and things like that with this giant tournament. Mm. Uh, but it's actually not. It's not the real meta. It's the real meta minus the Crane Pack, which is, as we all know, a false yeah. meta really really rough and it's obviously you know a lot of the other casts it's very very sore topic and understandably mm. so um unfortunately it is what it is isn't it and they can't if something was going to be done about it we've been done because it's been and gone now yeah I, I saw a great post from somebody on the the facebook group because uh, they previewed some cards today <laughs> and the the post was essentially uh oh this is fantastic some more cards that the uk can look forward to in 2029 <laughs> <laughs> uh that that geeky it's a little bit salty nerdy bit salty. salt yeah <laughs> it's fine uh, i feel bad yeah. for him though it kind of sucks but if you're for a really big event like that it's super yeah average and yeah and i'm pretty sure they don't they still don't have it do you know what i mean like i wasn't that it was delayed i think it's yeah i still think it's not out i know quite a, somebody I've, in the uk I've correct seen it. following on the um like on scorpion chat and in the global discord and stuff there's a lot of people have just like i know a few of the people over there purchase like the german pack for example i don't think they know mm-hmm. the language they just buy it so they've got the cards and they can run it in their local events and stuff like that Interesting. which super sucks i know um what was his name the troll 5r guy uh darren darren hazelton yeah, yeah he's um routinely like just i think as a as a bit of a meme he plays with cards from all these different languages all over the place in the one deck <laughs> Because it's, it's completely legal, and I think it's... I'm not sure yeah. how much of it is making a point, how much of it is just, you know, having a laugh. But um, Well, you know, uh, they have Chinese cards, like cards that are printed in the Chinese language. Yes. So I actually bought a set of all of the cards up to current, uh, at least one of uh, all the Chinese cards. Oh. And I was thinking, you know, maybe just to get that edge, just that little edge, I could take those to the Cotes, you know? Do you speak the language? <laughs> Can you no, read them? I do, I do not, but I am very familiar with Phoenix cards. So, so you know what they say. <laughs> you can just fake That's it. right. Fake it till you make it. Yeah. yeah. I often wonder if there are, because obviously a lot of words and terms in languages um, don't have direct translations or meanings to a lot of other languages, particularly ones um, like Chinese and, and Japanese, I think. I'm not really a scholar on these things, but I often wonder if there are very, very big differences unintentionally between the direct translations of various cards of different types, if they can mean, particularly like with big blocks of text, right? If they make a really big difference. Yeah, I've often wondered that as well. I know that uh, when cards... So the way a card game text block should work is that there's a consistency amongst the words that are chosen. For example play this card or put this card into play right um those are two different mechanics like they're two different ways of interacting with the game and yet the language that's used is very similar so it's kind of uh when you read a the rules lawyers amongst us will tell you that the wording and the phrasing of a card text block uh, is important yeah for understanding the rules. And I wonder if that translates into another language. I wonder if you can actually get the same kind of nuance out of that. I'll bet you can, you know, I'm, I'm sure you probably can. Probably. But I do know 
I do know that the local players here, when I when they play with their Chinese cards and I ask them what this card does, they have trouble, even though their conversational English is fine, right? And we can talk and understand perfectly well. But when they try and translate the card text kind of directly, uh, it's a little bit troublesome. Yeah, no, that's, that's kind of what I mean. But um, I mean, mm. because English is a notoriously stupid language. Um, mm -hmm. and FFG card, card text blocks are notoriously stupid card text <laughs> yeah. blocks so it's like a stupid sandwich and you've got to try and wedge it into another <laughs> another language somewhere <laughs> oh well uh, so have you looked at any of the coverage on Imperial Advisor for Birmingham? I don't um, I'm too busy to read things except cards okay so don't, don't look don't okay. look I'm going to ask Come you on. some questions okay. tell me on both days remember that um, on in this event, you're allowed, if you play on day one, 1A, you're allowed, and you don't make the cut, for example, you're allowed to also play on day 1B and try and qualify again. Okay. Uh, so, uh, what clan do you think had the most representation on both days at the event? It's the same clan on both days. I'm going to say Scorpion. No, no. Mm. Care, care for a second guess? I'll tell you what, we'll, play, yeah. we'll do the, okay. um, second guess. what's the game show thing? It's not Lion. Oh, really? That was my second guess. <laughs> that wasn't, that wasn't helpful, was okay. it? <laughs> now, I will, I will say I would have to guess Phoenix because. No, they're, not Phoenix. Because they're the, uh, Scorpion's it, the most popular clan by the looks of it most of the time. And Phoenix is the big thing at the moment. So. I'm not sure that they are, but, um, it wasn't, it wasn't, uh, Phoenix either. It was in fact Unicorn. Oh really? Can you can you believe it? I I can because you can. They are new and they're stu and they're strong, and they're a different kind of game. They're really fun to play. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I yeah, I can completely agree with that. Okay, second question. Yeah. Um, so if we look at qualifying, let me have a look. Day one a qualifying. We had uh, four Unicorn, one Scorpion, three Phoenix, three Crane, and two Crab, and no Lion. Uh, and on day two, you had four Unicorn, four Scorpion, three Lion, one Dragon, and two Crab. So, based on who qualified, who do you think went top of Swiss on, like, what clan do you think went top of Swiss on day 1A? I am going to say unicorn yes it was unicorn <laughs> uh can you believe that i can i like it make it they are okay. good. like <laughs> unicorn they, they just if you don't deal with them turn one i'm assuming that it's hmt for that one but um yes if you yep. don't manage it properly turn one you're you're pretty well lost the game like you may not mm. have your, your stronghold broken but you are almost certainly yeah, if you set let up them for not a good time yeah, you can't let them ride all over you, otherwise yeah. it's game over. Well, I mean, it, yeah, if that first conflict, if Chagatai comes out on a charge, you're you're in trouble, I think, is the short of it. <laughs> Chagatai is good. Um, and speaking of Darren Hazelton, he went second on uh, day 1A at Birmingham as well, playing Crab, no less. Nice. Probably as a... I don't know if that's a little bit of protest. He said on Facebook that he had only played Crab for, like three days or something i don't know how much that <laughs> is an exaggeration but going second if he really only played just a couple of days uh with crab uh he's a combination of a great card player and uh 
you know, Crab is just great. But yeah, but they also, like, you don't have to have played Crab a lot recently to know how to play Crab. Sure, like, just rub it in. Just, just fucking rub it in. No, I'm just saying, like, because Crab have been the same for ages, right? Like, they haven't, yep. they haven't changed a lot in a long time. They've just gotten slightly better with cards like Fight On and whatever else they run with these days. Most of the stuff's the same as it used to be, but um, slightly better. Fight On, Fight On's a big is a big win for Crab, I think. It is, and you know, having non-Earth rolls, I think, makes a big difference. <laughs> they were st- <laughs> stuck so in the Earth flavorful. zone for ages. Yeah, <laughs> that's it. But like, Earth just has nothing at all going for it. Like, yeah. Yeah, except there's a few rando cards out there, but nothing anyone cares about yet. So that Phoenix card will be the first one. It'll be a game changer. Uh, the Earth Phoenix card. Earth becomes sky. Oh yeah. At Gen Con, uh, they've got like an open rolls event uh, where I think you can pick any role. I think that's the rule. And I'm definitely planning on taking that card because that card looks sick. Where? How far away is Gen Con? eight weeks so will that maybe that, maybe seven weeks is earth to become sky going to be out by then is that the first pack? i don't know i don't know i'm i'm hopeful you know it's out in germany apparently so oh really nice well really uh, like that card though i think it's super good yeah i got that from shootriver on one of his announcement posts on the discord server so okay i'm just trusting that that's correct <laughs> nice all right all right so that was one eight day uh, two. I won't go into, but uh, overall, um, do you know? Do you know who won the event? Like, what clan won the event? I want to say Scorpion. You would not be correct. In fact, Scorpion didn't get past the top sixteen. Now, is it top sixteen? They will yeah, be fine. sixteen. Now that's because they have been too successful. And they're getting too much attention, <laughs> and we think that maybe people are mattering against them. Yeah, so now we just need to everyone just relax for a bit, lull everybody into a false sense of security before worlds later on. Yeah, strike. Yeah, Scorpion were defeated by a lion, a unicorn, and a crane. Well, I think that just goes to show that it was on purpose. It, it does. Yeah, if you get defeated by okay. a lion, clearly you meant for that to happen. <laughs> Ooh, ooh, burn. On purpose. Yeah, okay. Um, so it was, uh, it was a face-off between our very own Shogun, Eric Balhus, and David Hoyland, who I haven't heard, uh, I haven't heard his name before, but I think I see him pop up occasionally on the Facebook group, uh, yeah, playing Crab. Know. Crab versus Crane. Nice. Crab crushes Crane. <laughs> Is that a is that a known thing or? Well, if you look at the um, clan matchups from day one and two, uh, at least in this event, Crab had seventy one percent win rate versus Crane. So, I think based on that data, they're they they're favoured in that yeah. matchup. What do you reckon it is that that makes that matchup so rough? I couldn't I couldn't say for sure, but my my instinct tells me it's it's that staying power, right? It's the the ability to build up the board and outlast your opponent, waiting for a point where your opponent's board position is weak and attacking at that point. But why? Why is that especially good against Crane? Mm, you know what? 
I'm probably the wrong person to ask, given that yeah. I've just been defeated by a nub, cra a nub <laughs> crab so, clan player in the last couple of days. So bitter. <laughs> Not in the, all right. So I know this is a fake matter and all, but Phoenix versus crab. <laughs> uh, Phoenix have like a seventy percent win rate against crab, so that doesn't help me at all. <laughs> yeah. Okay. That is... I'm not bitter. I'm not bitter. I'm fine. No, I'm not bitter. bitter. You'll be okay. No. Just drown your sorrows in bourbon and ice cream. <laughs> uh, I'm trying to be good. I'm trying to be so good, but it doesn't help. It does not help. Yep. Ruining lives one game at a time. Mm -hmm. uh, I want to make note, I think, of some of uh, the Seattle Cote. So the Seattle Cote is, was run under a current meta, and uh, there weren't quite as many unicorns uh scorpion was the most represented clan in that event but not by much it was 16 scorpion with uh 14 unicorn and 14 crane and wow. like one lion somewhere yeah i think obviously the unicorn and crane packs there are a lot to do with that because they're so both so recent and for a lot of people these would be the first yeah. events with those those cards mm-hmm uh, but Crane, uh, sorry, Crab took out that event as well. Our very own Anil Shrithram, Seethram, sorry, yep. sorry, don't kill me. <laughs> uh, with, uh, I think, wait a second, am I getting that right? No, he was in the finals versus Kevin Ho. Kevin Ho took that one out with Scorpion. Mm. Um, Kevin Ho faced a lion and defeated him, a unicorn and defeated him. This is in the, the top cut. And then a crab and defeated uh, defeated the crab. Crab though did go second and third overall in the event. Yeah, I think they're one to watch out for. I mean, crab are gonna they haven't got a, a pack yet. They haven't. I think the fact that crab have not received any real substantial buffs for quite some time, mm. I think, makes them more dangerous because sooner or later they're gonna just get an influx of cards that's gonna tip them over. I think, and I think I've said this before, they're gonna get. They're going to get silly. Actually, that could probably segue us over to those spoilers. Yeah, again. I was going to say, they kind of they kind of maybe are getting an yeah, influx of really good cards. Because some of those cards... I mean, keeping in mind, these spoilers we're about to rattle off, they are um, pack five of the next cycle. Is that correct? Mm -hmm. And so Allegedly. Allegedly. Yeah, so, so Scene of the Crime... Was is in the is in the list of spoilers, but I think that was one that we saw a spoiler for when the alleged pack one from Germany got released. Mm. Yeah. Anyway, think, and it's it's card uh, number two in the set actually. I well, think if it's not, yeah, if, it if this is pack five of that set, I mean that means the crab clan pack is going to be pretty well on top of it. So there's going to be a, a lot of rough stuff bouncing around at that point. Mm -hmm. Shall we talk about what exactly? So, <laughs> the, the no. Two... Let's just let's just let's just Leave say that there on. are cards and not talk about them at all. Yeah. So the, I think that there are a, <laughs> there are a bunch of crab cards here, but the two in particular that I think make crab super dangerous um, is first mm -hmm. of all the, the crab only free reprieve, which is withstand the darkness. Um, yeah, which is the zero cost event, and after someone plays an event that chooses a crab character. So after an opponent targets a mm. crab character, um, you put a fate on them for free. You like this card? It is so good. You think so? I'm not so sure. How is it not? Um, like, I don't. Well, 
how is it how is it not so i guess you can spend the fate and do the reprieve and it's kind of the same thing how many cards in your conflict deck do you really want to to do these kinds of effects All of is them. it is it better than is it better than um good omen right because good omen you could uh, actually get a good omen off these days with all the jewels and dial changes and things yes, going but around that's a, that's a very low bar to set <laughs> but th this is all this takes is your opponent to play an event like most events will target something you have like all the common events they, they all do the same thing right and all this does is drop a fate on a guy very very simple. i don't know it's i think a, it's it a might reaction. be worth i don't know it might be a worthwhile exercise to actually go through and see what events target. And if uh, events, if there are a bunch of events that target your guys, and there, there are definitely ones out there, right? Like your routes and your outwits and your strength in numbers. And there's plenty. Escapes. Yeah. But, um, yeah. Every, every, most of the jewels. It just doesn't. Um... There's this heap, man. There's so much. Like most of the good stuff that's events is they target your opponent's stuff and they they do bad things to them. I think this card would get tons of play, and I think being free, it's also you can't steal it with calling in favors. You can't mystic it away. <laughs> you have to cancel. It. And who's going to waste a cancel on a zero cost situational event like that? Like, well, hang on a second. So you just said it was good, but yeah. then you wouldn't waste a cancel on it. Well, how good could it be if you're not going to waste a cancel? Super good because people <laughs> because it's like so for me it's giving me tons of value but as far as value goes for your opponent like if you are spending a voice of honor on this you're gonna feel bad right having to do it but i still yeah that's the card true. is great like yeah. it's the the, the cost trade-off is not big but if you really broke down the math you would have to particularly when you back it up with all the other saves like crab have probably still got reprieves and iron mines or rebuilds or whatever dancing around right so mm. there's a lot more there i i feel like this is huge the fact that it's a reaction um i think mm -hmm. it's, it's a big deal um you know I, what my favorite thing about the card is that? it's that it's one influence cost encouraging you to put it into you know other clan other deck other De sorry, decks from other clans, yeah. but at the same time, it says you can only target a crab clan character. I fucking love cards that say that, like all the unicorn cards that say only do you know do this to a cavalry person or you know do this to a a unicorn person. Yeah, I love those. No, My favourite sarcasm. No. <laughs> I um I I don't get it. Like I don't understand. <laughs> I, sure. I don't like because yeah. I'm I'm an options guy right like I want to be able to do all the things and I don't mm -hmm. understand like because like I don't understand why you would print a card like this and limit it to crab when the issue one of the big complaints about crab is they've got so much staying power that other people can't match that's why they restricted listed rebuild right so you could curb that iron mine recursion without having to curb iron mine well, I think actually, I think rebuild was a utility play, right? So yeah. there's a lot of really good holdings that you can get back with mm -hmm. uh, rebuild. So I think it was more that we want to limit the amount of utility that you can have in the deck rather than we want to limit the amount of saves that you can have in the deck. But there's, I suppose you're right though, there's probably a critical mass of saves. But, um, yeah, I, suppose... I think if, you, if you've got to make choices, and this is a conflict side save, yeah. so I feel like... 
where where does it fit? Like, what are you taking out to put this in? And is it really even a save? Like, it just puts a fate on a guy, so it keeps them around. It's a longevity kind of thing rather than yeah. rather than something like a reprieve, which is both longevity and an actual save, which can yeah. excuse I mean, me, save the, you from duel to the death. The, and stuff. the, di- the difference is, I mean, honestly, I, I think I would be very tempted to run this over reprieve. Um, it, it's mm, not as reliable. Big but call. No, it is. And hear me out. I just okay. I feel like at the end of the day, reprieve is cost you a card, and it's like putting a fate on a guy after the fact, right? Which is which is a big deal, right? You've seen the impact mm-hmm. reprieve has. This is free, so you're you're netting yourself a fate. And mm-hmm. I, I honestly the the decider will be how easy it is to pull off like how often those events happen i think it'll be all the time i don't think there'll be many games at all where you're going to have issues getting this card to work okay well time will tell yeah we'll see all right well keeping in line with crab clan then uh what do you want to talk about the engineer or the uh holding i don't think the engineer matters i think we can probably skip him he's fine what uh, I, I could not free. disagree more. Okay, could not disagree more. I, I think more. the holding is the big thing. The strategic weak point is a zero increase holding trap, and as an interrupt, when the province gets broken, your opponent chooses an attacking person and discards them. I think you combo one or two of these in your deck, the existing crab deck, with rebuild as your restricted card. And you've got some seriously mean stuff going on. I think that's amazing. I do agree. This card is actually pretty good. Um, there is there is a couple of. I do have some. So there are. So on the face of it, it's like, oh my god, I get to kill an attacking character. Yes, you do. But your opponent chooses the character. So yeah, but that al- that allows your opponent a certain amount of play to counter this card. Yeah, which is good. That's what you want. But at the end of the day, you know. Crab like to run their assassinations. And if you mm-hmm. just uh, you hold on to them and assassinate or flick someone out of the fight or wait for any one guy. I mean, at worst, if this thing's in your discard pile and your opponent can't see your hand and they know you're running rebuild, then they have to send at least two guys. They have to send everyone with an escort. Right? Yeah, that's right. And keeping I, in mind I that think... you, you can combo this with your way of the crab. So if they've got the little guy, he loses to this, then way of the crab happens. And the big uh, yeah, swallowed. Yeah. Like yep. with Assassin. Don't get me wrong, there's so much there. Yeah. It's it's so I'm looking I'm gonna There's a lot of depth. There's a lot of depth to this card, you would say, right? Yeah. <laughs> yes. Because mm. yeah. it's a hole in the floor. I see what you did there, because it's like a weak <laughs> one. I see what you did. I tell you I tell you what, I would love <laughs> to play this card just to look at this artwork. This <laughs> this artwork is really good. I would love to have a playmat with this artwork on it. That'd be it's sick. pretty. I'm actually trying to. I can't really. Is it a demon or is that a samurai with a pointy head? No, I think it's a. I think it's an oni of some description. I think they all are. Okay. Um, and I can't actually tell what the the weapon he's wielding is, uh, but I I think they've. It's. I think it's, they've found a strategic weapon. Oh, no, maybe. actually, I have no idea. So, I have no idea what the picture means. <laughs> that that is either the handle to some long weapon that is wrapped like a katana handle, or mm. it's some kind of glowing sci-fi laser gun. So... Oh, yeah. I'll no, you... now that you've said that, it's totally a laser gun. It's a laser? Okay, I thought so. Yeah. I, I was, yeah. I, I was leaning that way. I didn't want to say I didn't want to be presumptuous. 
that guy that that's actually a guy who has performed too much maho that's what it is oh right he's turned right. himself into a jedi and he learned an lasers. evil jedi yeah. gotcha yeah gotcha so that's yeah. jigoku is actually just a portal to to space Oh yeah, it's where... the multiverse, dude. Yep. It's the the fictional multiverse. We've, we've unlocked where all that. works of fiction. Yeah, <laughs> we crossed over into uh, Game of Thrones a couple of weeks back. Yeah. Now we've crossed over into Star Wars. Oh, is it? We're doing Star Wars. Okay, that's fine. Do they have Onis in Star Wars? They do. They got all kinds of whacked out stuff in that universe. It's a short. Anyway, all right. You wanted to talk about engineers. I'll let you do this because I don't understand. All right. The frontline engineer. Four cost, four two with zero glory. Bushi engineer. This character gets plus one glory for each holding in play. That's yours and your opponent's. Mm. During a conflict in which this character is defending, search the top five cards of your dynasty deck for a holding and put it into play in the attacked province. Discard each other card in that province and then shuffle. This discarding each other card in that province and then shuffle. So, on the face of it, it's pretty good. It's like a tutor for a holding, which I think is probably pretty good in Crab, especially considering you don't uh, get the opportunity to get very far through your dynasty deck in a game mm-hmm. unless you have, you know, tutors, which is why, you know, things like that monk in Dragon that lets you look at the top three and then kind of reorder them, yeah. that kind of stuff was valuable enough because it lets you lets you get the cards that you need. So I yeah. think it's valuable from that perspective. But there's also a bit of depth to this card. So during a conflict in which character, this character's defending, not a problem. Crab love defending. And you've got fight on and mountain doesn't fall. And he's a 4-2 with, you know, probably a spyglass and an ornate fan making him great <laughs> in every conflict. The standard Search top five. Kit. Yes, very good for holding. So if you've got different kinds of holdings, you know, you can be very utility depending on the situation you find yourself in. One might imagine that this card is actually only useful when defending your province row, right? Because your stronghold is in your stronghold province. But because of a ruling on a, another card, what was it? The Mountaintop Sanctuary, I think it was, in Dragon. They actually ruled that provinces can hold more than one card. So this guy, defending your stronghold, can go and get your province strength increasing holdings and drop it into your stronghold okay it does a bit more the fact that it lets you load provinces onto your stronghold i think is really cool Mm -hmm. um i think that's that's the best i'd i'd probably give this at this point i think I, i the idea that you could run like um ancestral lands or uh the other earth one the um yeah, the, the 10 strength versus military. God, I'm terrible at card names. But put one of those on and then like Milwaukee Kabi if you're going to be strength, super janky and ridiculous. 16 strength. 16 strength on it's your, on your box. Just as, a, just as a base. I'd If I was angling this guy and I was trying to get that kind of stuff done, I'd probably... Uh, I wouldn't go that high. I'd probably run Pilgrimage, to be honest, I think. Sure, yeah. And a, a 10 or 11 strength Pilgrimage is... Is pretty good it's bonkers, as your last right? line of defense. Yeah, yeah. Like if that's the only thing your opponent's got to attack, then he just has to completely finish you off. He can no longer farm rings. They yeah. can't. And crab they can't just chisel you down. Early game, right? Mm. Crab crab have great holdings for all stages of the game, right? So early game, yeah. you can get your your saves out to get your staying power. Mid game, you can get out your things like Cooney Labs, right? To to really you know start to 
get a whole lot of strength on the board and start attacking your opponent. Uh, late game, yeah. if they happen to be on your box, you can do that kind of stuff. And there's there's just tons of really do. good holdings, man. Let me throw something out for you, all right? Go on. Okay, so you're running. Break it oh, down. Let me paint a picture. So you're running a seeker roll for crab. Not not mm. off the wall, right? Seeker water, keeper water roll. So you're running a keeper. All right, so you've already, you've churned it. You're running me a Satoshi, standard crab. So you turn it, you got all these holdings in your discard. You're up to your stronghold. Mm-hmm. So but under your stronghold, you're running Abandoning Honor. Okay? So uh, when your stronghold yeah. breaks, as an interrupt, you destroy a dishonored person. Uh-huh. You also are putting under there Strategic Weak Point. So another person <laughs> who you will have also dishonored gets destroyed. And then right at the end, you strike <laughs> with backhanded compliments. And then they break your province, lose to one, and they lose the game. Um, yeah, no, no. So it's, it's the back, no, the backhanded compliments, <laughs> uh, you, your, your timing is off. You can't play the backhanders. You have to have them at two honor for this thing to work. So I'm putting that in the, yeah, yeah. nah category. No, but if you have backhanders, you just play them during the conflict mm-hmm. and they'll be like, oh no, I've already committed. Why don't, why don't you, I've so if you've bonsais. got, wait, if you've got two dishonored personalities on the table, why don't you just yeah. put something good on your stronghold and let them leave play at the end of the phase? <laughs> don't get me wrong don't get me wrong i love the, not, i love the effort but it's it's a, it's a last minute a last ditch effort yeah everyone's on you're both on one because you're playing crab and you've got watch commander in play uh-huh so they can't play events yeah i'm reaching yep all right yep <laughs> i look it's a it's a deck i'm almost definitely gonna build and never ever get it to work, <laughs> but but it's strategic weak. Strategic weak point, I think, is actually good. I know the crabs are not I do. the crab I really players like aren't really rating it too much. I think, or maybe I... they are. Maybe I've just misunderstood. But like, there's a lot of tools. So the engineer and talisman and rebuild means that this card you can exploit when this card would be good, right? And you punish yeah. people for their mistakes, and I think that makes I don't that a good card. Yeah. So the reason I, like, I don't, I suppose it depends on the deck you're building. For any crab deck running rebuild, which plenty do already because of rebuild Iron Mine, right? Mm-hmm. Um, most of those decks are still running Mia Satoshi, and they just mill most of their dynasty deck. Mm-hmm. Completely faded there for a second. They mill most of their dynasty deck. Um, so you know it gives them all their keepers. They dig for their. Um, Karada District, they all of that stuff works really well for them, and they got all these cards in their discard pile, right? Mm-hmm. So they then can just use the rebuilds and they pick out whatever they want, whenever they need it, which will include strategic weak point. Which, mm. as soon as you see it down there and they're running rebuild, as I That's said right. before, you can't attack with just a tower anymore because they just let it go. You would probably in this deck, you would run three assassinates, three strategic rebuild, three way of the crab. You'd also run three um of all that stuff so you'd run assassinate rebuild where the crab three strategic weak point and you just load up and you'd all just have all those explode provinces. yeah you could you so could put attack breaks you could stuff. put like wicked tetsubo and stuff like that in your deck and that'd be kind of cool too you know like it could just be a murder yeah. deck murdering crab just a yeah like a berserker theme just everything mm. dies it's all in all out 
Mm. You just strike, strike. Well, I think it'd be good. Um, but for that reason, I, yeah, I don't think that sort of deck sees Frontline Engineer at all. I think Frontline Engineer is maybe a more slow, methodical crab deck, which is, right. is fine. Time, um, time, but time certainly will not. Tell. I think... Yeah, I um, think, yeah. I mean, what else What else can we say about that? I think, um, yeah. Yeah, anyway. I, right. so the I, big don't, card I don't know how to transition to the next spoilers. card because I'm so excited about the next card. Um, did you want to? Are we talking about the, the yeah, new box? Of course, of course we are. Course course we I've done two. You do two. All right, all right. right. Shiro Kitsuki. Shiro Kitsuki. So it is a castle, which is par for the course with strongholds. It's got plus two, so that's good. Uh, it's got a reaction after this conflict after a conflict is declared anywhere right name a card after each time your opponent plays that card during this conflict choose an unclaimed ring and claim it as a political ring gaining all the fate from its unlimited I just shudder I shudder when I read this card it was like the it's kind of like a cancel. It's like it's a kind of like a cancel that's printed on your stronghold, you know. And of course, I all, all I could think of at first was like, how is this gonna fuck me? <laughs> with it's it's gonna it's gonna fuck you with a Kitsuki Investigator is what it's gonna do. So your opponent's already looking at your hand, dumping hey, something, and then picking something else with this. It, it's gonna fuck and... me no matter what. Right? Sure, Kitsuki yep. Investigator, right? But if I'm playing Phoenix, you just look at my discard pile, right? And be like, or everybody knows what's in a bloody Phoenix deck, right? Can't play Display of Power. Oh, yeah. um, can't play wow. Against the Waves. Can't play Clarity of Purpose. Can't play Supernatural Storm. You know, all the really good things you want to play. Or if you think that there's a Consumed by Five Fires, I don't think there's a deck that's quite as predictable as, as Phoenix. And this is great. Plus... Phoenix want rings. Phoenix want to control the rings. This stronghold... So let's say you attack on air. Nobody cares about uh, air. Uh, but in your air conflict, you look at your opponent's Phoenix opponent's board. Hang on. Are you still with me? Or have we disconnected again? No, I'm here, man. I'm, All right, I'm good. I just got to check because you were, you were like really quiet. Um, oh, yeah. So... <laughs> everyone stop talking. Everyone gets yeah, suspicious. I'm, I'm, hyper, <laughs> I'm hypersensitive now. Uh, so yeah, you're attacking on air and then <laughs> you declare your thing. Your opponent can't play that card or, uh, because if they do, you might steal like the ring of earth, right? And now it's off the table for Tadaka. It's off the table for Solomon Scholar, you know, yeah. like good stuff. Oh, that is so good. I like it. Mm. I, yep. I really like that there's another fate generation province because the amount of fate that dragon are routinely playing to unclaimed rings this sort of lets them recoup a lot of that um, yeah but i don't think, think they've ever the lost right that fate though right like i think a good dragon player plays those cards that put fate on rings and then he, they do it at a time when it either doesn't matter or they just go get that fate again like that's the ring they were going to attack on next something like that Yes, but that's when they're playing really carefully. And there are a lot of dragon cards that will like apply fate to every ring at once, for example. Uh, are there or, a lot? I as think another example, like two. I well, there's, there's one lot. that's just been spoiled. Well, there's one that's just been spoiled, which is, I think, Deduction. Is that the one? Uh, no. There's a card that yeah. was spoiled recently, which basically puts a fate on every unclaimed ring. Um, oh, it was, the, it was the Army of the Rising Wave. 
Oh, that's character you okay, buy it. A big person. Yeah, so you know that that does it, and then there's a conflict card that puts a, a fate on each unclaimed ring. There's also, though, keep in mind there's the attachment, the Stone of Sorrows, where your opponent can never take fate off them. Yep. Um. Yep. So that just sits around, but also Cursed Jerogen, where you run an extra fate phase, and every time that triggers, everything gets another fate. Oh, right? and they're they're like so keep is, void, they're a secret void, aren't they? Or keeper of void. Yeah, they got a. Well, they might I think, have both. I think yeah, I think they're Seeker of Void, the dragon. Yeah, so so yeah, they can absolutely run that as well. Um, I I think it's got legs. There's definitely stuff you can play with there. Will with all the others, it lets them be a little more reckless about it. Yeah. Um, it's it's which I think is fine. Such a good card. Such a good card. Also, I like the. You know, did you notice the eleven influence? I did. Yes, I did notice that. Yep. So if you've which, got a keeper, which is not a big like... deal, but it's nice. Well, if you're yeah, a keeper, 14. right, you get 14 influence, right? Which means instead of, like, you can play seven dragon splash cards with your 14 influence. Because they're all two influence how about, how about 19 influence on support of the Phoenix for a dragon shuggy deck? There's plenty of those around. The champions of shug, alchemists. Got Actually, that, that could be kind of cool. Because, you know, all of the dragon shigenja i think they're all fire right so you could play yeah. katana of fire, fire katana. yeah that'd be really good <laughs> yeah maybe maybe but they do the dragon have got a few they've got four fire shigenja i think they've got more fire yeah. shugs than Phoenix they absolutely do, do yeah they absolutely do they don't have as many <laughs> water shigenja any, right? you know that's a lion thing well you know i think from memory though oh actually this is all yeah because dragon had fire shugs and then in the old story, all of those, the Agasha, they left, didn't they? They, bailed. <laughs> I, they that... left the dragon to go to the Phoenix. Yeah. Was that was that because of the misprint? Like they misprinted the card uh, borders. So then they had to make up something <laughs> about them changing, changing clans. They seem to remember that was a thing. <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> but that's what happened. But the, the dragon, I remember all their shugs were earth. They were like super hard warrior Shigenja. They were like the most warrior-like least priestly of all the Shigenja because dragon are weird and do shit backwards. Mm. Um, but they all had like, instead of Katana of Fire, they had like a Tetsubo of Stone and stuff like that. Like they had all this, right. this mad crushy with rocks Crab, powers. Crab were always the Earth Shigenja, I thought. Anyway. Well, there are always lots. Like like Mantis had a, a wacky Earth Shigenja one as well, but their Earth were all like um animal spirits and shit. So Right. They like, yeah. Pokemon. Yeah. They... They they summon bears and yeah snakes and butterflies. Stuff. You remember you remember you yeah. could get you could tap like a butterfly to go lobby for the imperial favor. Like a butterfly wanders into the court, <laughs> and the emperor's like, "You have earned my favor, Lord Butterfly." <laughs> oh, plot twist. Yeah. Hante Daisetsu, his card, the art he is holding a butterfly. It's on his finger. Is plot he now? Thickens. There you go. He is. Mm. Please let this yeah, be like Game of go. Thrones, where like every little thing turns into like a fan theory about where the story's going. Spirals out of control, yeah. <laughs> but back on the box, I think Shirokitsuki is super good. I'm really excited to see. Every time I see another stronghold, I'm really excited. They yeah, make they open entire up decks, right? It makes such stuff. a big difference. Yeah. Um, and honestly, even like I know out of Crane, like the old box, everyone complained about it, but. The deck I was talking about before, the new one I've made, where I've just got all these millions of attachments and stuff running Secret Fire, um, I ran it out of the new one, but I just don't have enough jewels to really make it worthwhile. And the old box is way better. 
for you know, when, distance. So I think even when when your opponent duels you, you can trigger your box, right? Yeah, no, I know. Mm. I know this. Don't, don't get me wrong. Like the new box is fucking fantastic, but mm. I just didn't get as much as I'd like out of it. Whereas, um, protection from little political pokes on either side is pretty good. But this dragon one's really good. I think that leaves only only crab, right? They're the only ones that don't have their second stronghold. At least yet. Spoiled. There is one more pack. One more. Yeah, they'd have in the to cycle. get one. Surely. Surely they've got one in there. Well, actually, at about this time will be their clan pack. Will it? So. I don't actually well, know what the schedule of clan packs is. Well, because there are four already released, that Lion is next, mm. which should mean that by this time. This will be like just before Worlds, I think. Mm, yeah, and it could. Because this is like pack five. There might be. What, is it five or six packs? No, it's six. six. So there'll be yeah. another pack after this. And then the dragon pack is afterwards, so it won't be legal. Um, but this does mean that dragon will have their second stronghold for worlds, which is exciting. Definitely, potentially. Yep. Well, they they will, because the dragon pack only just misses out, and that'll be well after this, I think. Well, it depends um, on when this whole cycle, this whole release cycle starts, right? So it's already June. Was, was it not? So if it's one a month, was it not one? I suppose the cycle hasn't even started, has it? Yeah, and, and it's not it's not it it's end. not six yeah. and six. It's one a month. Mm, no, yeah, no, okay. Well, hopefully that comes out soon. I've feeling we'll see pack one in June. Cause I yeah. feel like some people have already got it. So yeah. no, but look, I'm I'm really keen. I'm going to have a great time with this stronghold. I saw it and I immediately thought, um, meek informant, mm -hmm. spy the hand, and then trigger stuff. Look what your opponent's got. Steal fate everywhere. I like it. Yeah, I um, I like it too. Uh, it's it's interesting. I like interesting cards. So I think this is probably about time where we have to customarily mention the Australian Kotai. Are you you are you going? Have you decided that that's the thing you're doing? I, I I've decided I absolutely hundred percent want to. But, <laughs> <laughs> I but you haven't I bought haven't your tickets yet. and. Haven't no, I haven't. Haven't done the logistics, but as soon as I know, I'll, I'll absolutely do it. But I'll need to probably hammer that down soon. Flights are the big thing from over here. It's like really expensive. Yeah, um, yeah. But you and me um, both, mate. <laughs> yeah, yeah. True that. Yeah, true. Tell that. you what, I'll fly um, over and pick you up, and we'll go together. Done. <laughs> we'll I'll, throw, I'll do like we'll a Batman, right? Like I'll, I'll, we'll get the plane to go really low, and we'll lower out a line at the back of the plane, and you can hook onto it, <laughs> just, and we'll just reel you in. <laughs> just a gnarly, a giant gnarly skyhook. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, the Cote for Australia is on August the tenth in New South Wales near Sydney. It's about what 20, 30 minutes out of Sydney in mm -hmm. Bankstown mm -hmm. at the Bankstown Sports Club. And it's run by FFGOP, as I understand it, not hosted by any particular store. Mm -hmm. um, unlike the Australian Grand Championship, which is our nationals event, uh, which is on November the 23rd, and at Ace Comics and Games in Brisbane, yeah, which is and in Ipswich, which I think is relatively close. Yeah, I'm pretty sure that's the big hub for L5R in Brisbane and uh, in Queensland. As I see yeah, that come up on Discord got... all the time, you know, like or and Facebook, Ace Comics and Cards is having another event. 
Yeah, absolutely. So I guess locally we've got our elemental championship in Perth on the twenty second of June. Mm-hmm. So that is, hang on, is that right? Yep. Uh, isn't it the same day as the one of the Sydney ones? Yeah, it might be. Yeah, so I can't go to both. I have to choose which one. Um, Well, you know, Perth is Perth. (laughs) Perth is is closer. (laughs) Yeah, but um, I am super keen because we haven't had a... Oh, sorry, no, no. That's our next event. 20th of July is our Elemental Championship. Ah. I got confused with two events. I thought that sounded wrong. I was really like, oh, hang on a second. That's a bit off. But yeah, 20th of July is our EC. Is that um, like a phase one? Well, well, it must be a phase two EC, right? No. Nah. We are it's... backwards and shit. This this kid has been here for ages. Wow. <laughs> Everything. We're, we're, like, we're still on cycle two or three, I think, for Strongholds. Like cycle three. Cycle just... three. Oh, well, actually, that's okay because nobody in Australia, nobody in Australia has got season four of the Stronghold. Actually, is that true? Well, no, I think, think I think they've just recently arrived, so I think they're getting scheduled now. <laughs> but, um, but yeah, did I'm super keen to have that big event. Um, I don't know how that's going to go because the people who do really well over here tends to cycle quite a bit, which is really good. Like I like that we good. Yeah. we don't have an established established winner all the time that always dominates. I think there's there's a good a good mix of solid players over here and like different clans. Like you get plenty of unicorns, sometimes phoenix, sometimes scorpion, um, even crab. It mixes up quite a lot. But I'm really keen. But they are the events coming up. I um I think that's it for me though. They are the, the three events. I feel like I've rambled for long enough. we got some pretty intense <laughs> editing to do this time. This episode's been all over the shop. Yeah, yeah. But, but you um, know, what what else do you expect out of the Hidden Seed Rollers, right? I mean, it's lo-fi, right. lo-fi podcasting at its best. Yep, absolutely. That's so, I think lo-fi is the right label, actually, because fidelity is what we have. This is exactly what we are. This is exactly how we be. So fidelity is appropriate. Mm. Anyway. That's fine. So, uh, what what do you reckon? I was thinking we should bring back the um, listener questions segment. What do you go? What do you reckon? Yeah, should no, we do that? Absolutely, I would love to answer some questions. Um, yeah, I don't All mind right. if I'd really like to have a third person on every week as well. I sort of leave it to the last minute a lot, but if anyone's keen at eight o'clock Western Standard Time on Mondays, if you would like to record with us, mm. just jump on and say hi wherever you're from. Any country, any place, as long as we can communicate adequately. So you have some English, because I am a crazy, super white man that only knows English and, like, nothing of any other language. So I'm, like, the whitest person in the world. <laughs> I am completely non-multicultural. Good to know. <laughs> um, yeah. But, um, so, yeah, if anyone else would like to record with us, we'd be dead keen to have you on and yeah. talk about decks or whatever you want to bring along. So we'll put um, we'll put that up on the Aussie Discord and the Aussie Facebook groups. Put out a call to action for people who want to come on. We'll uh, put a call out for listener questions as well that we can uh, answer to the best of our ability. I know that my play versus crab is clearly not very good, and my play versus scorpion is even worse, as but as can attest, uh, given my very poor performance in our Discord league game. Uh, but uh, wasn't we that will do bad. we will do our absolute best. <laughs> I'm pretty sure. I'm pretty sure yeah. we could 
accurately describe that as a creaming. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> it was it wasn't it didn't feel that decisive. I was very apprehensive that whole game. <laughs> yeah. Sometimes I feel like um sometimes my opponents will make moves which indicate to me that they're scared of something or they're they're playing around something and I'm racking my brain trying to figure out what it is. Uh and I just, you know, I don't feel if they might feel that I'm uh pressuring them more than I feel like I'm pressuring them. Yeah. That's what that's what I felt I in your game as well. You were like, ah, oh, well I'll just play around this card that Merlin doesn't have. because <laughs> oh, I think that's what you get out of your reps though, isn't it? Like you know your kryptonite against every clan. You know what you've got to dodge. Yeah. So you just gotta find your way to do it. If people want to see yeah, that game. A good chatting to you? Yeah, if people want to see yeah. that game, it's up on our uh Twitch channel. So I'll we've got the uh, stream keys for the Hidden City Rollers Twitch channel, so you can expect to see more of that. And we will put a link to the game in the show notes. And while you're there, there's probably a bit of uh, other content about us talking about spoilers and stuff. So, yeah. Check it out. Yeah, the end of that one. Yeah. It's exciting. All right, Mel, I will hang up now and I will <laughs> chat to you next week. Same, <laughs> same bat time, same bat channel. Easy. Have a good one, mate. See you, man. <laughs>